So good afternoon if you're on the East Coast, good morning if you're on the West Coast, and good evening if you're in Europe. I see we have a fair number of uh, people that have dialed in with European phone numbers, so we appreciate uh, your taking the time, even though it's somewhat late uh, in Europe. Our topic today is the European strategy for plastics. Next slide. I'm Herbert Stryker. I've given a number of these. Next slide. I'm joined today by Rashida Samal. Rashida is a partner in our Brussels office, uh, and she heads up the food packaging practice. Next slide. So today's topics are the European strategy for plastics in the circular economy, what industry is doing about it in Europe, and the various collaborative projects between industry, academia, and government uh, to uh, promote the use of bioplastics. So let me let me turn this over to my my partner Rashida Samal. Yes. Uh, so uh, as you know, the uh, European Commission has explained its goal to shift from uh, the so-called li- linear economy based on uh, the take, make, dispose of principle or approach to a circular economy where the products are designed are specifically designed to be reused after their service uh, life. So to transition to uh, a more circular economy, the European Commission has uh, explained its views uh, on how to handle this and has uh, taken various actions in various sectors, plastics being one of the priority sector. And for plastics, uh, it has developed um, a European strategy for plastic in the circular economy. Uh, the, in these slides, you will see that uh, we have taken from the European Commission paper uh, some of the statistics that they have provided based on figures of 2015. If you look at the left-hand side of, um, of the slide, you will see that uh, uh, plastics, uh, 14, 49 million tons of uh, plastic is being produced to respond to the demand. And you will see that uh, uh, the largest uh, percentage is really uh, packaging uh, production. And now if you compare this figure with uh, the, 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 the box on the right-hand side where you would see plastic waste generation in 2015, you would see also that packaging uh, accounts for 59% of the plastic waste uh, in comparison to the other industrial sectors as well as uh, agriculture. So in, uh, in Europe, uh, in 2015 at least, around 26 million tons of plastic waste were generated in, uh, in the EU. And uh, less than 30% of this waste is collected for recycling, and a big amount uh, of this waste is uh, sent to a third country uh, to be treated. Uh, the Commission also notes in that paper that the demand for recycled plastics is very low and represents only 6% uh, in Europe. So to promote the circular economy, the Commission uh, has established certain targets, and particularly for plastic packaging, and uh, it says in that uh, document that by 2025, 
uh, at least 55% of uh, plastic packaging in the EU uh, should be recycled, while uh, by 2030 all of them should be placed on the market, uh, could be placed on the market only if they are reusable or easy recycled. Next slide. Next slide, yes. So um, the European Commission uh, has uh, explained its, uh, its strategy for the circular economy. And uh, as, uh, as mentioned, plastic is one of the priority among 40, uh, 54 uh, action items that are covering uh, the whole life cycle of materials and products from production and consumption to waste management. The European uh, strategy for plastic is based on four pillars that are also uh, explained in the Commission uh, uh, paper. Basically, the first pillar uh, aims at improving the economics and the quality of plastics recycling. And among the actions to be taken is improving product design, boosting recycled content, and improving separate collection of plastic waste. The second pillar is really reducing plastic waste and littering. And that um, plastic, uh, plastic littering notably is, um, is caused, as reported by the, the European Commission, by single-use plastics. So they are aiming at reducing single-use plastics in Europe, and they've already adopted a directive to that effect. They also uh, want to monitor and curb uh, marine litter more effectively and act on compostable and biodegradable plastics. And uh, finally, they want to reduce microplastics pollution, which is really a, a hot topic here. The third pillar is really uh, uh, improve, uh, promoting investment and innovation uh, throughout the value chain towards the development of circular solutions. And finally, the fourth pillar is really trying to promote this action that is currently being developed in the EU uh, uh, in other countries through bilateral or multilateral really discussions, as well as actions that are related to, uh, to international trade. Next slide. Next slide. So one, one of um, uh, there are, the Commission stressed various points, but there are two points that I would like to emphasize here is the fact that the Commission is really uh, stressing the importance of the design to promote recyclability. And it states that better product design makes plastic recycling more uh, easier. And uh, the Commission uh, notes that uh, today uh, producers of uh, plastic, either articles of packaging, have little or no incentive to take into, uh, into consideration the needs of recycling or reuse when they are designing their products. So this is really an important point on which the, the Commission wants to emphasize uh, further activities. Also, the Commission realizes that the demand for the use of recycled plastics is very low, and they want to boost that. According to the Commission, the low use of uh, recycled plastics is due to the fact that uh, many uh, brand owners, manufacturers of, of recycled plastic, of plastics, uh, fear that recycled plastics would not meet their needs uh, for reliable, uh, high volume supply of materials with the consistent quality specifications. So this is really an important part 
of the Commission activities. Next slide. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the Commission has, in uh, a particular, has given particular attention to the use of recycled plastics in food contact materials, and, and, and notably beverage bottles that are specifically mentioned there. And uh, to promote the use of recycled plastics in food contact materials, the Commission uh, has set as a priority the need to develop high food safety standards to ensure that recycled plastics in, that come in contact with food is safe. They want also to, uh, to define a clear and reliable framework for the investment and innovation, again, to contribute to the development of circular economy solutions. Um, one of the points that the Commission uh, stated in that document is that it wants to swiftly, and the word swiftly is used in that document, swiftly finalize the authorization procedure for over 100 uh, recycling processes that have been evaluated by the European Food Safety Authority. However, today, uh, we still have no, uh, the Commission has still not adopted those, um, those decisions, and we are talking about 130 plus decisions here. Uh, and the reason for that is that the Commission has been struggling for, for some time to define the, uh, the content of these authorization decisions that have to be adopted. And these decisions are specific to the processes and the companies that have, have been submitted the applications. Um, however, um, they, are, uh, they realize that if they take these decisions today, that would mean that every other uh, recycled process that, has, that is being used but has not been subject to a petition for evaluation by the European Food Safety Authority would have to be uh, prohibited. Uh, and they wanted to avoid this market disruption so they, they decided that before issuing these, inter, um, these decisions, they have to amend the recycled plastics regulation so as to establish a transition period for plastic, recycled plastics already on the market but has not been subject uh, to an evaluation by the European Food Safety Authority and thus for which no authorization would be uh, adopted. So this is still ongoing, and based on the latest uh, information we got from the European Commission, it seems that they, we, may, uh, we may see an amendment to the recycled plastics regulation uh, uh, during the first uh, quarter, the first, uh, sorry, the first semester of next year, and possibly some, uh, some uh, decision at the end of uh, at the end of the year, next year, for, for these recycled processes that have been evaluated. However, I believe that this, um, this uh, timeline seems to be uh, optimistic, so I'm not sure this would be really working. It's important also to keep in mind that in the EU, the Commission is going also to launch a more substantive also amendment uh, to this uh, recycled plastics uh, no, recycled plastics regulation as a second phase, uh, and the idea here is to uh, regulate uh, chemical, process, uh, chemical recycling, notably, not only that. Uh, they want also, they want to really promote this, that this would be uh, 
probably for 2021, if uh, things are going as planned by the European Commission. The next point that I want, uh, wanted to emphasize is that the Commission is going to work with EFTA uh, to assess whether the safe use of other recycled plastics, currently uh, the processes for recycled plastics really cover uh, PET or closed loop processes, but they want to also uh, consider other recycled uh, plastics, uh, like high-density polyolithene, for instance, through better uh, characterization of the contaminants, because this is really a core issue and that we have no guidance from EFSA uh, in this regard. So this would be uh, built up for the future. Next slide. In terms of the other actions that the Commission has uh, taken, um, it's uh, and to fight marine litter uh, and uh, observation that uh, a lot of single-use plastics find their way into the ocean, the European Commission has uh, adopted um, a directive uh, on the single-use plastics, uh, which was published uh, in June this year. And uh, this directive um, aims at establishing uh, restrictions uh, on the placing on the market uh, for certain uh, single-use plastics uh, like uh, cutlery, plates, straws, um, beverage stirrers. Uh, they are also targeted with certain food and beverage containers as well as caps made of expanded polystyrene as well as products made from oxo-degradable plastics. And this, um, this, this ban is going to, be, uh, to become effective on the 3rd of June 2021. Uh, there are other, other measures that have been taken within the context of the single-use plastics directive, where, for instance, they indicate uh, that um, certain beverage containers would be permitted on the market only if the caps and lids uh, remain attached to it. Uh, they have also inserted some uh, recycled content percentage for, uh, for certain products, like certain PET beverage bottles, who would be uh, required to meet uh, uh, this minimum recycled content of 25% uh, by 2025, and this con re recycled content will be increased to 30% by 2030. Uh, the Commission has also organized uh, a pledging campaign calling uh, stakeholders to make uh, voluntary pledge pledges to boost the uptake of recycled plastics in, um, in, uh, in the EU. And uh, we uh, know from a report of um, the European Commission from March of 2019, March of this year, that 70 companies have already made clear, uh, their pledges, increasing the market for recycled plastic to at least 60% uh, by 2025. And finally, the Commission has also submitted a file to ECA to ask for scientific input and the idea is to, uh, to seek that input to establish restrictions for microplastics that are intentionally added to, uh, to, uh, to products. Okay, next slide. Um, there, are other, there are other actions that have been uh, taken by the European Commission. And in a March uh, of uh, report, in March um, 2019 report, 
the Commission states that basically uh, of uh, all its uh, 54 actions have been either delivered or are being in the process of uh, being implemented, um, which is which is quite uh, uh, an impressive result, knowing uh, how the Commission is typically uh, how how quickly the Commission or slowly the Commission is uh, acting. The Commission also has uh, taken um, some action with respect to uh, uh, green claims, uh, and especially those that are uh, misleading, false me uh, green claims, included uh, an update to the guidance on unfair commercial practices. And basically, in that guidance on, on environmental claims, the Commission has set some criteria regarding the acceptability of such claims, and the bottom line is that those claims have to be accurate and substantiated. They have also uh, adopted an amendment to the Packaging and Packaging Waste Directive, uh, which covers plastics, but not only plastics, like uh, it covers also paper, and the aim of this amendment is to increase the recycling targets. Uh, finally, uh, finally, I would like to end uh, my part of this presentation on the, um, the, the new commission that is going uh, to take uh, office uh, soon. Uh, initially, the new commission uh, was supposed to take office on the 1st of November, but uh, the European Parliament has objected to three uh, candidates that have been proposed by the new president of the commission, and therefore they are going to take office on the 1st of December if things are going, uh, if things are going well. So the new president of the commission is a German native, uh, Mrs. Ursula von der Leyen. And uh, this uh, new president of the commission has, uh, has uh, indicated that she intends to, um, to take a very ambitious uh, European Green Deal that she needs, she wants to, um, to propose within the, fir the first 100 days of her uh, taking office. So one point that she uh, emphasized in that uh, in the, her her uh, proposal or initial proposal is that she wants the Commission and Europe to to maintain the leadership on the circular economy and single-use plastics. She also emphasized that she would like to aim to zero pollution to protect human health from hazardous uh, chemicals or endocrine disruptors. And she also wants to propose a new circular economy action plan. So we are going to see where these leaders, once the, the new commission takes office. And now, Herb, you can turn yeah, thank to... You. Thank you, Rashida. Excellent. So I want to talk a little bit about... So Rashida sort of gave a summary of where the commission is in terms of their goals, initiatives, and actions. I want to talk a little bit about where EU industry is in, in terms of EU industry activities. Next slide. So I'm I'll speak a little bit about one trade association, which seems to be fairly prominent. There are a number of trade associations in Europe. They're engaged in this, act, in this area. Uh, one is the European Bioplastics Industry Association. I give you a website there. By the way, these slides uh, will be posted on our websites. Uh, so their goals are to promote the use of alternative bio-based feedstocks for the production of plastics, and they plan to do that by advocating 
legislative solutions to promote the use of bio-based materials, particularly the manufacture of packaging, to define uh, sustainability criteria for bio-based plastics, to ensure sustainability criteria for plastic feedstocks, and to ensure a level playing field uh, with uh, fossil fuel-based plastics, and to work towards harmonized rules uh, to uh, ensure, to the extent they can, that by 2030, 10% of all plastic packaging placed on the EU market are bio-based. Next slide. So their program uh, involves encouraging the use of bioplastics, uh, defining criteria uh, where bioplastics are more suitable than conventional plastics, ensuring uh, by 2030, to the extent they can, that a range of plastic packaging used for food are biodegradable, combustible, uh, restrict the use of oxo-degradable plastics in the EU, and facilitate the implementation of harmonized rules, definitions, and labels. This is what the uh, like eco-labels for industrially compostable plastics across the European Union. Next slide. So there are a number uh, of projects organized and ongoing in Europe uh, that are funded uh, in part by the Commission, uh, they have uh, involvement by industry, they have involvement in academia, they have involvement in environmental groups. Uh, and I want to talk about a few of these projects. There are a fair number of them. Uh, one is the STAR ProBio, uh, and their goal is to develop sustainability assessment tools, basically life cycle methodology for bio-based products, to develop case studies uh, to show where uh, bio-based products have the potential to make significant inroads in the markets, uh, and overall objective is to promote a more efficient and harmonized uh, policy uh, regulatory framework uh, to uh, promote uh, the use of bio-based plastics. Next slide. Uh, and sec uh, second group uh, is the uh, road to bio, or the roadmap for the chemical industry in Europe towards a bioeconomy. Uh, they prepared in 2019 a roadmap for the chemical industry uh, to, to sort of demonstrate how industry can increase the share of bio-based uh, plastic feedstocks to 25% of total volume of organic chemicals used by 2030. They also have developed an action plan. Next slide. Uh, third project is the EU Bioplastics Project. I give you the uh, website there as well. This is really an educational uh, a, a, a group that is developing educational materials for the public, explaining what uh, the bioeconomy is about, explaining what bio-based products are, why they're beneficial to the environment, and the goal is to uh, increase public acceptance of bio-based materials and to engage EU citizens in the new economy. Next slide, please. There are a large number, large number of industry uh, research projects that are funded by the EU. I give you a list here. I'm not going to go through them in detail, uh, but the slides will be on the uh, on the website. Next slide. Uh, and so, you, as you can see, there is a tremendous amount of activity in Europe uh, to promote uh, a movement towards uh, biodegradable combustible materials. Uh, this discussion or this this webinar focused on plastics uh, and this is not only going to have implications in terms of what companies will be able to sell into Europe in the future 
it will have implications, it seems to me, in terms of the availability of uh, biodegradable plastics or bio-based plastics uh, around the world in the future because the commission, industry, academia, environmental groups seem to be working together, committing resources to make this happen. Uh, and uh, that means that there will be innovations, there will be a lot of products uh, being developed in the future coming out of Europe uh, that are biodegradable, uh, compostable, many of them bio-based, uh, and uh, those obviously that technology uh, will compete with the more traditional technologies uh, outside of Europe. Anyway, I uh, next slide. Our next OSHA 3030 is um, uh, it must be November 20th for some reason. I, don't know, must be tw I think it's the 27th, isn't it? Anyway, whatever. Um, and uh, uh, the next uh, Tosca 3030 is December 11th. And I'm Herb Stryker, and I really want to thank uh, Rashida Samal for uh, joining us, even though the hour is late in Europe. Uh, and I think she did a terrific job. And we had about 100 participants, which I think is quite good, including, quite frankly, a lot of people from Europe this time. Thank you very much. Uh, bye bye. See you next time. Bye bye. Bye bye.